here it is another episode of the infinite banter podcast welcome in thanks for checking out the show big up to muddy b who's on my last episode if you have not heard it go check that out he had a really good time talking to him learned a lot about digital underground and his relationship with tupac and everything on this show today i want to talk about the last dance the espn special about the chicago bulls dynasty and the breaking up of the team after their sixth championship and being a bulls fan living in chicago it was a great time in the 90s and i really wanted to do an episode where i talked about that special and i'm part of a wrestling group on facebook called wrestling period and one of my friends on there william richmond big time basketball guy coached it played it knows everything that i don't know and and then some so i thought he was a perfect guy to get on here talk about the last dance in the dynasty of the chicago bulls so stay tuned here we're going to talk to william richmond about the chicago bulls dynasty jordan scotty pippen his uh not so much admiration for brad sellers <laughs> and a lot more so definitely uh can't wait to bring that to you guys as always you can find this show on all digital platforms i'll just name a couple right off the top apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher Castbox, TuneIn, pandora podacy so many check them all out follow the show on twitter at infinite banter instagram at infinite banter podcast and on facebook at infinite banter there is a youtube channel just search infinite banter you will find it just follow me online and you'll always have an idea on where the show is and how you can find it all right let's get right to it i want to talk about the last dance the chicago bulls dynasty and the premature breakup of that dynasty with my guest william richmond but before we do that this show never starts until the one and only dmc says this Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. All right, checking out the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolb, and I'm pleased to be joined by, you know, I'm on, on a wrestling group called Wrestling Period. I met my man William on there a long time ago. Got to see him at a couple of wrestling shows, and uh, he knows basketball better than anybody that I know. The one and only William Richmond is on the Infinite Banter Podcast. What's going on, man? Not much. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, long overdue. Uh, you know, I was watching The Last Dance, as I know you were, and I was thinking about people to come on here, and, you know, Michael, Scotty, Phil, they were busy, so I was like, all right, <laughs> let me go down the Rolodex <laughs> and then talk to my man, William Richmond. And you used to coach basketball, correct? So give yeah, you your credentials, uh, too. Yeah, I, um, I actually, I did like little rec league stuff when I was in my, my late teens, early 20s. I didn't really like seriously start getting into coaching until I was like 27. When I, right around the time I stopped playing and um, one of my mentors had told me, you know, for me to have good success as a coach, I had to separate myself mentally from when I played the game. So it kind of helped me like remove myself from wanting to I guess achieve a dream as a player but still want to have to impact the game and I find myself I find myself like a lot of guys who used to play I'm a much better coach than I was player <laughs> what position were you um I played a little, I played everything but point guard my, yeah because you're my tall man I was like there's no way you could yeah. be a, a point right I mean I, I could have but I didn't I didn't really I didn't hone those skills I didn't have um, unfortunately I didn't have a type of support growing up to where um you know coaches would allow me to to expand my game like my dad was my first coach in fourth grade he had me playing center because I was the tallest kid on the team but until I was about 16 years old I was always the tallest kid on the team in my junior year of high school I got lucky and um, had a teammate that was a couple inches taller than me and a coach that that let me uh kind of let me expand my game and it helped me get from that from to that to that next level so when I played a little bit of um 
little bit of college ball. It kind of helped. But I've uh, I've always been pretty much power forward center. Dabble with some spot. I wanted to be a small forward since I was like 13 years old. I wanted to be like the left-handed Scotty Pippen growing up. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah, right. You're a fellow left-handed person like myself. Yep. So shout out to the yep, left-handers out there. South Paws. <laughs> Who uh who's a player you think that your game reminded you of? Is there somebody in the league that somebody would say like, oh, um, Williams kind of like him? No, because of um just be- because of the lack of uh, I wouldn't even say versatility. That's the word I'm looking for. The lack of versatility in my game growing up. Like I studied Elijah Wan. Uh-huh. He had like the best the best footwork, and you know he was just so dominant. He was smooth, man. He he really was. Like and you know my I had coaches that would always tell me, oh, David Robinson's a big, and you need to watch him, and I'd rather watch grass grow didn't watch the oh you didn't like the admiral oh wow. no i didn't i didn't like his haircut i didn't like the number 50 I didn't like, none of that i didn't like how his, how his nikes came up to the came up to your to your calf muscles him and alonzo morning wow. i just i was not and david robinson was so boring to me man i was you know i was glad when when he got torn to pieces in that conference finals by uh by by the dream after you undeservingly won that mvp in 1995 yeah when and jordan was, wasn't um, around that's right it was up yeah. Yeah, it was like it's almost like they pulled a name out of a hat that year. So just give it to this guy. Ouch. Ouch. But no, I don't um yeah, I, I can't really compare. You're one of well, a kind. I got old, yeah, well, I wouldn't even say that. <laughs> yeah, yes I yes I you know what? Yeah, yes I will. So go yes, ahead, live it up, man. <laughs> yes I will. I am one of one. None before me and none to come. And before we get into the last dance, your coaching, was it a high schoolers? Uh, what was the age I've, range mostly? I've had like a, as low as five to seven year olds. And I've done some high school. I've done a lot of high school, I should say. Um, I just, uh, we just completed, not even really completed, but I finished my my second season of doing um, some varsity ball out here in Massachusetts. It was my second season. So for the most part, it's been like middle school, high school, AAU's been all middle school, high school. And for those listening, I'm from the Chicago area you are originally from here correct yes i was born and raised in in Evanston, I was born in Skokie, raised in Evanston, uh, went to Evanston School Systems and all of that. Spent a lot of time just all around the city, just, you know, not being able to sit still growing up and being not being able to be in one place. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a suburban kid, man. I'm an Evanston kid with a bunch of city ties. I spent a lot of time in the city just playing, coaching, just being, you know, a, a, a Chicago dude. But I'm a 847, North of Howard <laughs> there <it> Street, is. <laughs> North of Howard Street, Orange and Blue. I grew up yeah. in Rogers Park, and Evanston basically is like the next border it's yeah, like as north as you can get in chicago pretty much pretty much man so you yeah, grew up in the same era that i did with basketball michael jordan was like you know in chicago that was it the yeah, bulls are like, not relevant like, <laughs> until then no not i don't even remember well i was probably too young but the brad sellers like, years or dave corzine oh, years can we, yo, can, we, can we do one thing though and not talk about brad <laughs> and not talk about brad sellers right now dude it's, it's safe to say brad sellers next to jerry krauss and tim floyd brad sellers might be my least favorite member of the bulls organization so Stacey king in there and wow. the sauce too yeah oh. i was not a brad sellers fan man i was and brad sellers Brad Sellers is the reason why I am so grateful for Scottie Pippen. <laughs> right, because he was the next guy to take over yeah, that spot. Well, he was yeah, the, we had we had Brad Sellers first, and once um once Kraus figured out that he was seven feet and couldn't jump over the lines on the floor and traded for Scottie. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. But yeah, man, we um that that era though, so for has to be forgotten about. Like it 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 has to be. If I could erase it from my memory, I definitely would. But as a bull, as a Bulls fan growing up, you know I I, I know about Dave Corzine from Hershey High School. Yeah, <laughs> Hershey High School, 
and and DePaul. Right, and he still does like, games I, with DePaul, I, I, I believe, on the radio too. So he's he's still out there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's but that good. bad I curl too. He had that horrible that hair. Curl was horrible. Oh. Yeah, 80s horn curl, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> Jack Sigma, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so uh, when you're watching The Last Dance, like full context, like me, the first uh, three-peat, I was in high school. The second three-peat, I was in college. I think we're around the same age. I don't know if you're in the same age was, range when was, those are happening. Yeah, I was in I was in elementary school. First three-peat was third, fourth, and fifth grade for me. Second three-peat was eighth, uh, eighth, ninth, and tenth for me. Yeah, that was... So your memories of the second three-peat are probably more vivid for you, I would imagine. Not even. Really? Not even. Oh, okay. Like, oh, no. Not, listen, I we have... You're talking about Brad Sellers, three. and you're like two years old and like mad at him. Right. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> My my granddad my granddad has on VHS the two of the first uh, championship the first three championships. Thankfully for me, as a you know now being an adult and being a Trailblazers fan, we don't have that series on VHS. Good, good, so, good. Um, but you know, we got the the Lakers series and the and the Phoenix series. I believe the three uh, the second three they might be somewhere at his house right now too but I, I vivid memories man i was that kid that read the encyclopedia for something to do oh there you the go basketball this is the nba encyclopedia for something to do so vivid memories of those first three uh, those first three championships what were your takeaways from the last dance i mean it seemed like did was they set it up they show you like you know 1998 the last the sixth championship they take it back to like maybe the first yeah. one or the second one and they had a really that good was, way of weaving it together like that that was one thing i was really impressed with the fact that they um but it also made it seem like it was 100 percent solely about Mike because when they went back to like the 80s it was yeah right really, really uh, it was a lot about him but at the same time him being like the piece that kind of started the whole the whole team you know and documenting him first getting there in his first few years and when Horace and Scotty got there and you know I'm surprised that they were able to carve out some time to interview BJ but yeah I, I was I was really impressed with just how how they were able to make it come full circle though that was that was um that was pretty cool how they did that with the going back in time and then making it all like bringing it all together and of course i mentioned uh on facebook uh the music is just ridiculous i mean being a hip-hop Man. guy like when I, when I heard eric being rakim and kumo d and all this stuff i was yep. like yeah th- somebody who's making this who's in charge of the music they know i'm watching because i i'm really into <laughs> it now <laughs> they, they care about yeah. me <laughs> i really hope that that soundtrack wins a couple of awards man it was it was it was fitting. It was real fitting. Like I, I seen a couple of Facebook posts of um, <clears throat> just clips of people and captions about how they felt like when they um, when they were showing the Jordan highlights and they played the KR and they played Rapture by KRS One. Yeah, right. And just how it just led up and it was all it kind of, that kind of reminded me of like the opening scene in Belly, just with the slow motion intro and oh, with the eyes, the right? Song that it, not not even so much the eye well yeah with belly yeah with the eyes but right just how um just like how the scene started it was in slow motion and the song was super fitting and like just the um the the build up of the highlight with that song and then like when the beat kicks in and they just show mike like dunking on people seven two and up and and it was it was it was it was some of the best some of the best work musically for not even just that i've that i've heard or i've seen movie documentary or otherwise, it was real. It was real refreshing, man, to get some of that stuff. Shout out to Belly, by the way. Very underrated movie. 
Yes, I believe he's my guy. <laughs> they could have easily have done, you know, sports jock jam CD and played like Black yeah. Box or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Unlimited, are you ready for this and all that? Right, you know, all that nonsense. <laughs> that typical, yeah, that, that typical um, stadium stadium playlist, that family-friendly playlist, but they didn't, and they, like, really got, like, deep and, and just really made it work, man. It was, it was real. It was yeah, real. I didn't hear uh, CCM Music Factory or whatever that group's called yeah. or any of that nonsense. Thankfully. It was... <laughs> but uh so you're saying the three the first three pete you have uh lots of good memories on which of those three championships i guess the lakers are you mine just because it was the first one it was like you can't have six without one right and, without one and being in chicago man we had nothing i mean other than the bears everybody sports wise was garbage so yeah, true up until that point and and when jordan and, and the bulls won that first one yeah, it kind of put us uh legit you know made it like okay this is he's not just a star there's actually a team yeah. that could do things so right. well, what are some of your memories of that first uh three peat the first three peat um the, the first three peat is what really made me kind of transition from like a die hard hardcore jordan fan to like appreciating his supporting cast because a, a lot of people i mean the people who really know me know like i have i, I think Jordan is the greatest player of all time, but my favorite bull, my favorite Chicago Bulls player ever is Scotty Pippen. Uh, mine's Horace Grant, and, um, by the way, but uh, Scotty's right there. Oh, gee, yeah, Scotty, 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 Scotty's always been my guy. What's re- what really stood out to me is when um, in Game One, Mike had got into foul trouble, and this is not even me going from the documentary. This is just me, you know, watching the Learning to Fly tape a thousand times growing up after they won the first. After they won. Oh, the, the first VHS, title, but, you actually still had that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might. I just might. I still remember the songs too. But um, just um, Scotty taking the responsibility to guard a dude like Magic when Mike got into foul trouble, and it making sense why Phil did what he did, putting putting Scotty on Magic because he was longer, he was he was bigger, body wise, and he was able to kind of disrupt what Magic does. Seeing seeing that and knowing that he was able to step up to that task being confident after coming off like two bad series against Detroit in previous years with the migraine and all of that. And Paxson, John Paxson's game five, the way he closed out game five was just phenomenal, man. Like Pax, that fourth quarter, he he was great, man. He was, he was great. Those are like the two things that really stood out for me, you know, and of course, like I'm not one to say the obvious, of course, everything Jordan did with the switching hand layups and, all this other stuff that he was doing, the way he closed out game game four in L.A. with the shot over Vladi and all of that. But just those those two, though, was what were the two things that really, really stood out. Scotty taking that, stepping up and taking that responsibility and kind of like growing up as a ball player on national TV on the biggest stage. And then my man, John Paxson, I've always liked John Paxson as a player. I mean, let me yeah. go on record. Yeah, yeah right, not as a GM. As, as a player. <laughs> the dude in the front office was trash. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like to see people lose their jobs, but some situations you happy to ask they, they got asked. Well, he had like twenty chances, so he definitely got it. You he know, did. he had every opportunity he to did. get it right. So, I don't, man, look, I don't <laughs> want to talk about all of the players we could have had under him as the GM. Like, I'm not saying that like Wendell Carter and Kobe White and Lowry Marketing are bad players. I'm a Kobe White dude. He went to North Carolina. I'm a rock with Kobe. You know, until he retires, Kobe White, so he retires, but. Pax as a GM is cringeworthy, but as a player, as a player, that was my guy. Yeah, and that clutch shot against the Suns, of course, is. Yeah, everybody was doing that in their driveway, man. Everybody was doing yes, that they shot. Were. I, I can, I can, I can tell you, 
that series right there might um if, if I had to rank the first three, it would be like Lakers one, Suns two. That's the most one to watch, I think, of the three. If I were to the, watch any of them, that's the one I want to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The third one the third one was really I like Richard Dumas from Phoenix, even though he had uh substance abuse issues. But I was a I, he was real exciting, uh young athletic. You know, gave Scotty some problems, but Mike averaged 41 per in that series was just ridiculous, man. I don't think anybody's averaged 40 in the finals since then. He averaged 41 yeah, in crazy. the finals. <laughs> Against the MVP, Charles Barkley, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was pissed off. He's like, oh, MVP. oh, yeah, he gave to the wrong dude. I don't care. Right, I'm going to get this just, championship. We just, came, we just came off a gold medal, and you're going to get his dude the MVP? All right, all right, we'll see. I'll get the one that matters, and he, and he did. Yeah, it was just so cool reliving all that man because like i said i was in high school so it was my my first introduction to a dynasty you know because you didn't have yeah, that here and uh, i mean we saw it but we didn't like right, right. It, like in our backyard like we saw the celtics we saw you know um the niners coming through the 80s winning like they were winning and neither one of us really give two shits about hockey so we don't know who no i don't even i couldn't even tell you i could uh it wasn't the Blackhawks, but I don't know who it was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> Baseball was so all over the place with champions. And then, well, I don't know. I guess you can consider the Braves like a half dynasty. They made it to a couple World Series. They only won like one. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, they were like the Buffalo Bills of Major League Baseball. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, the 49ers would be the first one I would think of as far as dynasties yeah. go in that era, yeah. of that time frame. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get to any more, I can't even look into Detroit Pistons and the Bad Boys. I loved how they talked about all that. You could tell Mike is still a little mad at Isaiah. There's still some animosity there between the whole, you know, how they walked off the court after they finally got Detroit out of the playoffs. A little, and a uh, little mad? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm underselling it a little bit. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of the whole uh, bad boys era? You know, was it good for basketball? Was it just that time? Of, you can't do that anymore. I don't think you could ever have a team like that no, these you, days. No, you can't. If, if, you, if you play defense like that, then you're going to get fined a uh, uh, substantial amount of money. And you're gonna miss some games. But um I couldn't I couldn't stand Detroit because I felt like they they were they were bullying like everybody's like favorite favorite person. You know what I'm saying? Like Jordan was loved. This is before we even knew like about Mike being the type of asshole that he was, but you know, just being a fan of him and watching him play and him being such an exciting player and you wanna see that and Detroit was just like, nah. <laughs> right. <laughs> nope. We we know you love him, but nah, uh, uh, he 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 gonna have to do something else to impress y'all to beat us. Cause, but I, I just I couldn't stand it, man. Like to this day, Bill Lambeer might be one of my least favorite players. Yeah, I felt so, I, I felt so bad for Joe Dumars because he was such a nice guy, and he ended up having to play with all of those equivalents of thugs in the NBA. Yeah, you know. Him and dudes like John Sally, who grew up a Jehovah's Witness, but he's 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 a Detroit Piston at the end of the day. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, I I couldn't I couldn't stand them, man. Like I couldn't. They were they were great. You know, back to back champions. And Chuck Daly is probably one of the greatest coaches ever. Uh, if I could dress like him one day, I'll, I'll be I'll be a happy dude. But just the Pistons as an organization, man, like the way they did things, I hated it. I hated it all. Yeah, I respect everything they did, but as far as like being a fan of it, no, no. Yeah, it's, no, not at all. It's hard. To, it, unless you're from there, I don't see how you could endorse right. that. <laughs> and and now knowing that like they got the idea of the from you know of being the bad boys from from my beloved Raiders. I can't, oh really? That leave. that's where it all came yeah. from. Okay. Oh yeah, it can, yes, yeah. They were wearing like um, Al Davis had sent them 
like boxes of like t-shirts and they wore like Raider t-shirts. And then they, I guess they just took that and kind of made their own persona out of it. Since, you know, the Raiders had such a terrible stigma for being, Always I committing guess, committing fouls or, and penalties. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, penalties and stuff like that. So, you know, the fact that they kind of adopted the bad boy persona from the Raiders I mean, is, is cool, but I'm all about originality. Don't take nothing. Yeah. Well, we always knew that once they got past Detroit, that was the obstacle. And most, you know, franchises, when they win their first championship, there's always a team that's in the way. And for the Bulls, that was the Detroit Pistons. And then, of course, you know, we go after the three-peat. Oh, by the way, Portland, the the second championship, never seems to be talked about that much. You know, he had Clyde. No, and... You know, and it was also the first one that they won at home too. Oh, that's right. Uh huh. They closed. Yeah, they closed that one out in Chicago. In the six three game, you know, there's so much that went, happened in that series, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, really, the Portland series, like aside from that first game with the six threes in the first half and the shrug, nothing else was really memorable about about that series. I'm struggling like, to think about it right now, to be honest. And like, I'm thinking like games because they won every series in six except for the first one. So games two through five weren't really all that memorable for a six game series you you know you you think that because of the star power you got to do you got to match up like Mike uh, you know Mike against Clyde you would think that it would have garnered more attention than it did and it didn't unfortunately and it is kind of a, a forgotten series within the whole um within the whole six championships that they won and not only that but they needed that championship to legitimize themselves like yeah, you won one absolutely. cool but to be on Larry Bird Magic Johnson level yeah you got to do another yeah. one and um, that was a- another point that, that Mike had made because he um, he had mentioned a- about not coming back after the after the Olympics to go and play baseball. But he he had made a good point. He said to himself that Bird neither Bird nor Magic had won three in a row, so he wanted to come back to see if he could do that. And you know, then the whole quote unquote retirement happened. <laughs> right, right, right. My, well, you know, watching that documentary, man, like that. You, you could tell Mike had little things that got him motivated. Oh, I didn't get the yeah. MVP, or you, you said this, or you think this coach should do that. Like, like for instance, when he broke his ankle, and they had the time mm-hmm. limit on him, coming, you know, how many minutes he could play. Yep. And the coach's like, well, I'll get fired if I put you in there. It's like, okay, so we don't want to win games. Right. Little you, things you like that motivate him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't really think about it as a fan, because you don't know what's going on, you know, behind the scenes. And yeah, I really loved how that, that series uh, really opened up my eyes as a fan, because I thought I knew everything, and I didn't know shit <laughs> after watching yeah, it, I, I realized. I, I learned. I learned a bunch of stuff myself like i i kind of knew that scotty was in was was unhappy being in chicago but i didn't realize that it was because he was the 122nd highest paid player in the league yeah when you hear the numbers like that what the hell man (laughs) right he you know i don't know how much truth is behind the the comment of jerry ronsdorf saying you know i wouldn't sign this deal but then just looking at how Looking back at when they were interviewing his mom and how they, she was saying that he was, you know, wanted wanted to be the one to take care of the family, so he just took what took what he knew, took the amount of money he knew would help support his family instead of holding out for a bigger contract. Like I had no idea about any of that. I just knew this guy didn't want to be there. Right. I knew that there was a rumor at one point of him being traded for Tracy McGrady. Um, Remember the Sean Kemp one, right? That was the other. Sean Kemp one. I was excited about that too because I was a huge Sean Kemp. Yeah, fan. he could dunk, man. I wanted to see him too. I was too, a but, big Sean. But Kemp not was not a, I wanted to be six foot ten. Yeah, but not not at the expense of losing Pittman though. It was a hard one no, to like. Not at all. You know, that's the first quarter's over. <laughs> I heard a buzzer <laughs> in the background. Yeah, I got. You, are you watching a, a, a video or something or a playing no, a, playing I'm, a game? I'm, I was finishing up my um, 
my playoff game. Once there again. it is. There it is. Speaking about Jerry Reinsler, what you just said, let's say that's true. He advised him don't sign this contract. It's not good for you long term. Okay, cool. Let's pretend like all that's accurate. Eventually, don't you get to a point where you just have to do right by the guy? Even though it's against your whole philosophy, I don't redo contracts. This guy is winning you championships. He's obviously, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, you know, helping the franchise. Don't you just, in good conscience and good faith, just say, you know what, Scotty, let's just rework this because this ain't right. I mean, I don't yeah. understand why that couldn't have been on the table also. Because when you have an owner of the likes of Jerry Reinsdorf and the GM of the likes of Kraus, that Kraus were, you, you want to do everything you can and spend as little as possible. Like, this is this is the reason why bad organizations are bad bad organizations. Regardless of and and this this documentary kind of proved it. Like no matter how much you win, if you're not appreciated by by the people who are paying you, what what good is 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 sticking around or what good is even praising the organization? So or this is an issue that Kevin Garnett is having with the Timberwolves right now. You know, loved playing in the city, loved playing for the team, but doesn't want his number retired by the organization because they're a poorly ran organization. Well, so he doesn't want it at all. He said no. No, he said he'd rather Boston retire his number than than Wow. Yeah. But he was only in Boston for what, three years? Like I'm trying to remember how many years he was even there. Three or four, but he got a championship, so that's good enough. Yeah, that's why he went. (laughs) That is good enough. I mean it's and it's 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 disheartening to to kinda to know what he what he went through, what Scotty went through. Um, you know, just being and he was young still. Like he still had years. Um, just on on his on his on his body, like in his in his in his self, to be able to be able to produce and and at a high level, and it kind of doesn't motivate you because you're doing everything that's worth all of this money. But they don't want to pay you. I don't think it's a coincidence that Minnesota and the Bulls are basically garbage in the yeah, league. I mean, ever since those pretty two much. players never got what they deserved, it shows. Yeah, Long term, yeah, that way of practicing how you run a, an organization does not work. No karma. Karma, the same thing with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Same thing with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, Bad a- karma for how they did, for how they did a lot of guys. But you know, the 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 Bulls, the Bulls could have handled a lot of situations better. Um, mainly starting with Phil. You know, Krause didn't have to come out and say, "Oh, well, this is regardless. He can go eighty-two and zero, and this will be his last season." Like, why? So you could bring in this dude who can't even get to the Final Four in college and make him a professional coach. Like Tim Floyd was the worst coaching decision ever made yeah i don't think uh, he was even here more than a year or two and he nothing there was zero reason to believe he was a guy that should have uh, been the next one in line and then michael and scotty would have wanted to play for this guy yeah they wouldn't want to play for him. he hadn't proven himself right he had he hadn't proven himself at all like you can't bring in a coach and i don't i'm not a big fan of college coaches attempting to, to come to the league anyway you know it's a totally different game billy donovan he's the, the most recent to have i guess some success because he's been in okc for quite some time but i don't really believe in college coaches trying to make that jump so it's, it's not the same like you're you're dealing you're basically dealing especially with the way the college game is now with all these one does you're basically going from dealing with children to dealing with grown men it's, it's not it's not the same it's not the same it, it never it, it hardly works no. it hardly works and i, and I knew that tim floyd I, I knew he wasn't gonna be the guy like from from the jump he just looks like he doesn't know the first thing about basketball, you know, and he just, he wasn't, I, I do want to thank him though, because with, because of Tim Floyd and because of how bad the Bulls were, I was able to change some 300 level seats to 100 level seats <laughs> back in the Boy, day. There it is. Because <laughs> nobody was there and the ushers just didn't care. Like, ah, I'm going to go sit down here on the floor. 
because nobody's here. And the ushers don't care. They still going to get their money. They're not making their tickets. So I can at least thank Tim Floyd for that. Shout out Tim Floyd for uh, <laughs> right. ruining the Bulls. For, right, and, and for upgrading a lot of people's tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking on that, so, you know, obviously to win the sixth championship with all that, that big cloud over their head about everybody, you know, being broken up after the season was over and the run was over. Do you think, let's just say fantasy-wise, they kept everybody intact, Hill's still there, Jordan, everybody's back. They win a seventh championship, or is it better the way it went out? We'll never see Jordan lose in the finals. I don't think they win seven. I think they eventually end up, because, um, okay, here, here's, here's a better question. How long after number six do, does everybody stick around? Because you got to think right, like... Right. That 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 lockout season when the Spurs won, I think the Bulls could have beat the Spurs in the in the finals. But then that next year after that was when the Lakers had started off. You know, With again, Shaq and Kobe, Phil. yeah, but they had Phil. So let's yeah. say that if everybody stuck around, and Jordan and Pippen played through the two thousand two thousand one season. Who would have been the Lakers coach? Would they have had the same success? Would it have been like the Bulls versus like the Spurs for a couple years or what? Like you 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 never really know. I would, I but I think that um, if it were if they were to have played that fifty game season, they could have beat the Spurs. Because they would have definitely beat the Knicks in the playoffs. Jordan wasn't going to let Patrick Ewing beat them in the playoffs. I, I think that they would have got out of the East and probably would have went 6 or 7 with the Spurs that next um, that next year for 4 in a row. So the window was and closing, but it's not like we're giving Kraus foresight. Like, alright, good good idea that you broke it up earlier than too late. But, you know, I, I feel like you should at least give another run, another, another chance yeah, because, at least. Yes, because they all wanted to be there. They all wanted to be there. Jordan even said it himself in the locker room. They can't win until we quit. <laughs> right. And the fact that you yeah. put the best player in the league, in a, or possibly of all time, you made it easy for him to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Like you, yeah. how could you do that? <laughs> I don't understand it at right. all. It like, makes no how, sense. How can, how can you just, how can you open the door and ask the greatest player of all time to walk out of it? After you heard and, he left and, and came it. back and you're doing it again. Yeah, exactly. You think he's going to leave for two years and then come back again? Uh, people were getting up in age. Like Dennis, wanted to do other stuff <laughs> i think dennis was done i think we they definitely squeezed the turnip like the rodman stuff they got out of him like they got all yeah, they that could was, and that was it was done <laughs> by the time when he was in when he was in dallas that was that was horrible he was with the lakers that was terrible he was he was tapped out it yeah was, he was drunk know. and not motivated anymore and no and he was partying with some dude whose name i refuse to say Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, <laughs> your, your guy, that's right. <laughs> yeah, my guy, yeah. The, Brother. The red, yellow, the red and yellow and black and white man. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I'm going to send that memo to Stanford and tell him to make a white and black NWO shirt for him. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, as little black ink as possible. We don't want him to get offended by what he has to wear. <laughs> Rodman, I, yeah, he was in there. He was hitting the guy with the chair or whatever. I mean. I think he hit DDP in the back with a chair on the the. the Episode where he episode of Nitro where he mispracticed to yeah. go and be on Nitro. I think he hit DDP in the back with a chair that night. It was either DDP or Malone. He hit somebody with a chair I, and had a cigar in his and had a cigar in his mouth at the same time. But he came back and they, you know, he he contributed and they won. So I guess I got to give he him really credit. Did, yeah. But yeah, you had to let Dennis be Dennis, man. That was and you know that was one thing that Phil understood. You had to let Dennis be Dennis because Phil was basically Dennis when he played, minus like all of the color and. 
flamboyantness, but like as far as like the type of free spirit and even like the type of player that Phil Jackson was, he was real similar to to a Dennis Rodman. They didn't talk about this in the Last Dance, but I remember it back in the uh, the fifth championship when Brian mm-hmm. Williams, aka Bison Daly, was here for a very short time. But that yep. dude was he was clutch in the playoffs, and basically Rodman was kind of pushed aside a little bit because he was doing what yeah, Rodman could, and they couldn't afford to ring him back. But uh, if they could have, I think he would have been much better than Rodman, and they might have done more beyond you know that six. But that's this is all talking, you know. Yeah, I, I like I liked I like Brian Williams at Arizona. I like him in Orlando, um, mainly because he's six. He was six eleven, lefty, uh, big body, played really played really hard. Um, I kind of wish that they were able to retain him too. Like they could have got rid of anybody else. Something like Joe Klein or somebody <laughs> like that was. <laughs> You know what? I had a I had a favorite Joe Klein moment though in the Last Dance. That crazy white okay. lady who's like screaming. Uh, which which series was it? It must the Indiana series. Yeah, she's just. Blah, blah, blah. You just see Joe Klein looking back like, shut the hell up, like, please, just sit down. Just like sit I gotta down. sit here like all game. Right, all game. This is, go, I'm, I'm, this is my seat for the next three hours. I don't want to listen to you, ma'am. Please. <laughs> but yeah, man, like Joe. Yeah, I, I do believe Joe Klein was on that. Se- a, a few guys whose league minimum of a million dollars could have been uh, could have been uh, given to given to Brian Williams or Bison. He was still Brian Williams then at the um, you know for that last for that six championship. Wasn't James Edwards on one of those teams? But well, they had a lot of old Detroit Pistons. Yeah, a lot of old yeah, Sally. Sally. I would have kept John Sally though. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You need somebody to crack you up. I'm keeping John Sally. He's hilarious. I'm surprised Robert Ory wasn't on there because he was on everybody's. Right? He's on, on everybody's, everybody's championship team. <laughs> he's got like twenty yeah. championships. How many is that guy got? <laughs> seven. He's got seven, and now he's he's one of those dudes like a Robert Ory Hall of Fame worthy. I don't know um, who on the Celtics bench was there for the for the free ride for those eight championships <laughs> in, a, in a row. Are they in the Hall of Fame too? More than likely. I will say this during the uh, the sixth championship run, the series that had me the most shook was the Pacers. I remember I was like worried that they were going to lose. That was the only yeah. time I really had some. I mean, there's some Knicks series too. I had that, but that Pacers one, man, I definitely was. Uh, I was scared. The, the Pacers won from '98, or was that '97 when they won? It was the last one before uh, they beat the Jazz a second time. Yeah. Okay. So '98. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That one was. That one was rough. That one was real scary. But um, it was. It was almost like, in a in a sense, it was almost like that's who. And not even in a sense, because like you were saying, in, in order for a team to make it to the finals, they had to get over a certain hump. And even though the Pacers did make it to the finals, they didn't have that Bulls hump to get over. But losing to them as many times as they did, it helped, and you can tell it helped. With that, with that, with that mental toughness, right. especially for a dude like, especially for a dude like Reggie, because he wasn't, like, he was a big trash talker, but I don't think he was as known as a trash talker until like maybe after Jordan and uh, and the Bulls dynasty had ended, because he became that premier two guard in the East after Mike. So it was kind of like a passing of the torch, or maybe a rite of passage for him to feel like, you know, he could. Um, he could try to gain that mental advantage, but that that series, man, he played out of his mind. And they had a good squad. That, I mean, uh, yeah, Reggie even did. says it. He says that we had a better team. We just lost. And yep. you look at the roster, it's kind of hard to argue with him. You're right. You're right. All the way down to, like, Travis Best. Dude, I was just about to he's say like, that. <laughs> Travis Best, yeah. He's a, he's actually from out here. Where I am oh, really? He's from Springfield, Mass. Yeah, he's from Springfield, Massachusetts. 
Yeah, they had uh, the Davis brothers and uh, mm-hmm. the Duncan Mitch Dutchman. Chris. They had a lot of play. Mark Jackson, he, he still passed his yep. prime, but he could still, you know, do what he was Chris doing. Mullen Chris Mullen, yeah, he was a little past his prime too. But yeah, they, man, I was scared, yeah, dude. I was he, nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and now, now that I'm thinking about it, like, if you go like player for player on that roster, yes, the Pacers had better better play like even their bench like the bulls bench wasn't bad cool coach kerr like judd bushler um who's actually one of my favorite volleyball players but uh (laughs) (laughs) but i mean indiana's bench was even better like you know because bulls had guys like bill winnington on the bench bill bill winnington and rusty larue or whatever exactly (laughs) dickie simpkins yeah so i'm not even gonna get started on that guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm really not. And Dickie's Dickie, Dickie's a good dude. I've I've met him. I've met him a few times. His uh, his kids used to play summer league ball in Evanston. Um, so he used to be in the gyms a lot. I'd pick his brain about just on more so on the coaching side. But as a ball player in the in the NBA, I, I, if I would have never known who Dickie Simpkins was once he got to the NBA, I wouldn't have been upset about it at all. Yeah, they had a a lot of power forwards. Corey Blunt, like guys who would, they would draft that just did not work out yeah and they were right it was almost like they were looking for like the next Horace Grant and then they ended up stumbling upon upon Dennis which was was awesome because all we had to do to get Dennis was give away Will Purdue (laughs) I'm not mad about at all and Will got rings at the Spurs too so he can't get mad either you know it's a win-win and he came back here for like a year or something so did he I want to I say him, uh, you know, Pittman came back for like a year. Pittman came back like 04, 05. Remember they had like Hersey oh. Hawkins and Brent Barry. They had like all I these like dudes. They had, see, that was when I was going from the, from the nosebleeds to behind the Yeah. Bench, watching Cornell Davis. Daniel Marshall. and <laughs> Yeah, Daniel Marshall. Mark Bryant. They had one of the Davis guys here too, right? Oh Antonio was God, here. They had Antonio Davis. Yeah, you said Mark Bryant. Whoa. I used to always make him on NBA 95. He was one of the guys on there. So I tried to make the <laughs> roster legit, like what it was actually supposed to be. And... <laughs> Mark Brian played for the Blazers too. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I do remember that. Those were ooh, those were some days I might just forget. Yeah, I was all excited. Oh, Brett Barry, he won the uh, slam dunk contest. Like, yeah, but he can't play. <laughs> right. <It's> like, <laughs> that was it? And he was like 22 when he won the slam dunk contest. Right. With with Jordan's dunk, mind you. So. Yeah, full, full circle basically. Circle moments for That Pacers series, man. Yeah, to quote, you know, Mal Deep. I was shook, dude. I, I definitely lost. Mm-hmm. I saw. I lost some faith in them. I thought that was the one that I was going to get them. And uh, it's kind of like when the Knicks, when they're in the finals after Jordan retired the first time. You're like, okay, maybe the Pacers will also go on to, you know, be in the finals a bunch of times. It just didn't really work out that way, though. Yeah, the Pacers ran into a young Shaq that next year after they lost to the Knicks, though. So it really wasn't too much that could be done. Shaq and Penny were both like 24 years old, and just they just they ripped through everybody until they got to the final. I mean, and even that Pacers series was a good one, though. Yeah, that, that was a real good one. I mean, Indiana still basically were were kind of building the team that they ended up losing to the Bulls. You know, the same team they had losing to the Bulls, they were kind of building that team around that time that they had lost to. The Knicks that uh, ninety four, or Jalen Rose and guys like that by then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Rose, I think he was still in Denver when they lost to Orlando. He didn't come over until Jordan got back. Okay, so I remember they changed uniforms around that time. They went to the ugly pinstripes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like pinstripes at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Speaking of Jordan, you know the last dance didn't talk about it, but I will. We never really hear about the Washington Wizards experience. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, as a Bulls fan, I never liked seeing him in another uniform, but I was also happy to see him playing again. 
Yeah, um, that, that's where that's where I was at. I was glad okay. he was out there, but it just it just looked weird. Like you know, it it looked funny to me seeing Jordan in a wizard uniform, Brett Favre, and anybody else who we played with, yeah. Randy Moss, dudes like that. It just it just looked funny. Like I could never get used to it. I never said, "Oh, I think I'm going to go out and go get a Jordan Wizards jersey." That, those words never left my mouth. And I like, think in serious manner. I'm trying to remember <laughs> how much time it passed between they're called the Bullets and the Wizards. It wasn't even that long. So the Wizards even you know, as a were, name um, was weird. You know, it didn't even sound. Right. Yeah, it really was. I don't. I don't think it, it had been very long since the name changed. Because the the last time I can recall them being the Bullets was when they lost to the Bulls in the '96 playoffs, and then maybe just like a couple years after that. Because I know my my favorite my favorite TNT analyst Chris Weber. He was. Uh, he was <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, he was. <laughs> he was a Wizard for a very short time before that Mitch Richmond trade happened, and he went over to uh, to Sacramento. So. I want to say they became the Wizards in like 1990. Whenever Chris Weber's second year, the year before he got to Sacramento was when they first became first became the Wizards. That Sacramento Kings not. team, though, uh, for a oh, little man. while there. I thought they were that was something. another team that, they, that the Bulls may have had to contend with had yeah. they played into, into the year 2000. They were, they were tough, man. Jay Will, Vladi, Peja. Rick Adelman. Rick Adelman kind of knew, you know, how to how to attack the Bulls too from right. playing against, um, playing coaching against them in, in Portland in '92. Also, I, I'm just, that that would have been another um, an, another obstacle that they, like I said, had they played into the into the 2000s. You're a Mitch Richmond fan. You like him? Of course, same last name. As I was to say, I was, it seemed too I, obvious, got, but I don't want to assume anything. Look, you know, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm I'm taking it as far as I can. Ta- as far as I know, we cousins. As there it far is. as I know, we cousins. That, that's it. <laughs> I don't know how what where along the line I got to check the lineage and see if I got any family that originated from Fort Lauderdale. But as far as I know, me and Mitch Richmond are related. Yeah, I always felt like he didn't get enough appreciation. I thought he was one of the better not, not players of his time, man. Not at all. He was, and he's 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 another dude that Jordan will give credit to, saying that he was one of like the hardest guys for him to uh, to guard or even somebody that was real tough for him to play against because he was so strong. They were about the same height, about six five, six six. But Mitch Richmond was like two twenty five, two thirty. His nickname was Rock for a reason. Yeah, like I'm like imagine like legit if Tim Raines was like six five. There you go, Mitch Richmond. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mitch Richmond was good. He was one of the uh, like I said, just very underrated. He could do a lot mm-hmm. of things on the court, and I was really a, a fan of his. Being, you know, yeah. you don't really get those games out here that often, but a little bit I got to right. see of him. I didn't talk much about when the Bulls won their fourth championship against Seattle. What do you think about Gary Payton saying that, you know, he shut Jordan down and Jordan's like, get out of here with that. I mean, it, it's hard for me to, to know who's telling the truth in that one. Because Jordan said he was doing I'm, a lot of stuff, so it's hard for him. And, uh, you know, Gary Payton's like, no, because they put me on him. That's how he came back in that series. I always look at like when, when people make claims like that, that's when, and I'm not a real big stats guy, but that's when I go to like stats and I see like what Mike averaged that series. And if, 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 um, if Gary Payton really did that good of a defensive job against him, then why didn't Scotty Pippen win finals MVP? There you go. You know, but, um, I don't, and Gary, I, I do like Gary Payton. He's real, he's real confident. He's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna downplay any of his ability. Um, he's also not gonna hesitate to kind of upsell himself either. <laughs> but um, I, I, that that Seattle series is up there for me because I'm a I'm a Sonics fan too. So it was really good to just see them um, get over that hump. The guy Frank Murkowski, right? That was your dude back then. That was my man too. <laughs> uh, look, I don't know if you remember, and you might. I was, was kidding, by the way, but <laughs> I, I, I am too. No worries. But um, I don't I don't know if you remember just just to kind of bring that back. Uh, for a second when when the bucks had all of those dudes with like those 
super long Polish type last names. Yeah. Uh, Jack Sigma, Frank Bukowski, Larry Kristoviak, Brad Mohas. They were like all on Milwaukee at the same time. Like they right. were like 19, six foot 10 dudes on the team at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I was, I was always a huge Sonics fan and, um, it was a stretch in, in that, in the mid nineties where they, they were like the number one seed and couldn't make it out the first round. They had got knocked out by, uh, Denver one year with Matumbo. Like, oh, the eight, the eight knocked out the one. They, that was them, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yep. And then I, I think they were, it was either a two seven or He's a not normal. He's not normal. What's that the Kembe thing you were saying about Rodman? I'll never yeah, forget that. About Rodman, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, there was another year where the Lakers had upset the Sonics in the first round and they might have been like a three or a two seed. But they were one of those like quintessential 60 win teams that can't make it out the first round. So when they made it to the finals, I was really happy for them because, like I said, man, I grew up a huge Sean Kemp fan. Um, I've always had a lot of respect for Gary Payton, Hersey Hawkins being a Chicago dude. Yeah. Your boy Craig Elo was Dead on Left that Shrimp, team. right? He was on that team? Yeah, yep, Dead Left Shrimp. And uh, again, your boy Craig Elo. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. That go on yep, Still having nightmares too. of Michael Jordan. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I mean, it, it was it was cool to see Seattle, um, and it was it was something different. It was a different team, you know. And uh, they were real young and exciting. But they, uh, I, I don't know about Gary Payton, man. He, uh, you know, like I said, he likes to upsell himself a little bit. He's real confident in his ability, and I and I don't I don't see a problem with that. He's like the only other point guard to win Defensive Player of the Year. It's only been two to do it, but he won Defensive Player of the Year that year. So, no, uh, I don't know. I don't too much know what Gary was. Uh, we're talking about there. I'd love to see Seattle get a team again. I don't know if that's even possible, but uh, I hated it's, to see that took that team right out of there like that. It's very possible. They have to actually, um, they're getting an NHL team. So, really, the only thing is just either upgrade the arena or build a new, you know, and that's really, that's really what it, what it will come down to. But Seattle is a, as a basketball town, and I, I don't know if you know, but I lived there for uh, for a couple of years. No, too. I've always wanted to go there. It's, it's on my short list yeah, of cities I want to go to. Yeah, my um, my oldest son was actually born in Seattle. He was born in University of Washington Hospital. He's 16 now, and he he still lives there. But I, I lived in Seattle for a couple of years and um, worked at Key Arena for a little bit. So I got to I got a chance to watch Ray Allen like warm up and stuff like yeah. that a couple of times if, if I got to work early enough. Ray but, Allen's um, one of my dudes know, right there. He's one love, of the all time. Love, love me some Jesus shuttles. Or Travis Best is actually in his. <laughs> He got game with him too. Is he really? Um, it's been a while yeah, since I've seen the movie. One of his teammates. Yeah, okay. he's one of his teammates. He ended up like being the dude. Travis Best turned heel on, on Ray Allen in that movie. Oh, there was a dude like a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was a hood dude that was always trying to be in the young dude's ears, and he had Ray in the car with him one day. And then toward the end of the movie, Travis Best character was in the, was in the car with only. Yeah, Travis Best turned heel on Ray Allen at the end. He got game almost. No, I think of that movie, the first thing I think of is the. Going to all the colleges and the, uh, <laughs> seeing yeah, yeah. what all the perks are, you know. Yes, yo, that was okay. So he got game came out in '98. This is my favorite movie ever. I love Spike Lee. Ray Allen is my dude. Um, <laughs> Rosario Dawson's in that. That's the first time I think Dawson, I saw her in yeah. a movie. And Public yeah, Enemy did the soundtrack, so it's like there's a lot yes, of great things about it. Quick side note: first movie I saw Rosario Dawson in was Kids. Um, not oh, I did see that. That was her. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! I forgot she was yeah. in that. But yeah, but but to your point though, man, the, the whole visiting the college part that was that was my favorite part of the movie. That that kind of inspired me to want to be a college athlete. Like, yo, this is what happens when you yeah. go to visits. But yeah. I didn't realize that you had to be like the number one player in the country well, <laughs> yeah. to receive to receive all said perks. So asterisk, you know, you know, be, yeah. <laughs> right? 
my uncle, my uncle wasn't gonna be driving no Lexus, and I wasn't gonna be hanging out with Rick Fox at the University of Miami or nothing like that. So, but yeah, I need needless to say, man, he got games still one of my all time faves, number one on my list. Yeah, Favorite if I had to think about just, basketball movies, it's everyone always says Hoosiers. That's not one of mine at all, but. Nah, Blue Chips is my favorite basketball movie. He Got Game is my favorite movie overall. Period. Oh, oh just not just movie. basketball. You're talking about just movie, not, period. Yeah, just favorite movie. Oh, okay. yeah, but my favorite like basketball movie is Blue Chips. Oh, okay. Loves me some Blue Chips. That, that one's pretty good, too. That one's yeah. a, another. Hoop Dreams is good. Hoop uh, Dreams is, is too long, but it was really good. Yeah. I, played against William, I played against William Gates, the dude that went to St. Joe's. Uh-huh. We played in a three, he was in his early 40s. We played, I played against him in a three-on-three tournament. Uh, and that was when I was like 19. He came to support. It was ran by this church. He just came to support and uh, and play just to kind of give us some notoriety because of the because of the movie. Great dude, though. Great dude. Were there any players that you saw young coming up that uh, you thought would make it and be you know big stars, or, or is there any that were stars that you just get to see on a, on a smaller scale and you're like, man, this guy when he gets there and any proved you right? Anybody like that? The first time I saw Michael Red and he was a second. He ended up being a second round pick. I went to Ohio State Northwestern game. Michael Ray was playing for Ohio State, yeah. and he had a he had a real good game. He had like twenty six and like seven eight rebounds, and so like four or five threes in the second half. You know, I'm like, yo, when this dude gets to the league, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be decent. He's gonna be real good. First time I saw um, first time I saw Shannon Brown. Oh wow, he was he was in high school. I was uh, Evanston was hosting this little Thanksgiving round robin four team shootout or whatever, and um, you know everybody here pretty much knew who he was because he was kind of gaining that traction as a high school ball player and coming out Proviso East. And this was his senior year. So this was the same year like LeBron was a senior. And um, that whole 2000, I want to say 2003 graduating class. The first time I saw Shannon Brown, I, I knew he was going to be a pro. And then not to even be biased, but my, my brother, I have, a, I have a younger brother. He's 28 now. And um, like when he was like 10 years old, eight years old, I was coaching him one summer and I saw some stuff in him as an eight-year-old that I never thought I'd see in somebody that young. And um, he's actually, he's been playing uh, professionally down in the Dominican Republic, Uruguay. He's played in uh, Colombia, you know, and all of that. So those those three kind of really stand out. Like I said, my, my bias towards my brother, but he, oh, of course, you know, the dude, the dude was, he, he doesn't get enough credit for um, like what he did as a player because of the trouble that he got into after he um, after he left the University of Illinois. That gets you know the, the the negative always gets focused on, but it's it's safe to say, and I don't even like this is just going against critics and everything. Just my my opinion and me just being a fan. Like he's probably one of the top ten Illinois high school basketball players I've ever seen in my life. You know he doesn't get that kind of notoriety because of what happened afterwards and. You know they don't. They tend to kind of lose focus of, of what the subject matter is. But when that dude was playing in high school basketball, man, he was two times, sometimes player of the year. Like I, you know, you don't see that much. You don't. You don't see that much at all. But he's he's tops on my list of guys who I when I first saw, and not just because he's my brother, but because the dude was a, was a phenomenal player growing up. There it is. And just to wrap with the last dance here for me, it made my opinion of Michael Jordan higher. Like some people might say he looked like an asshole. He treated Scott Morrell so bad, whatever, you know, whatever. I don't care. I think that he was uh, still, his legacy grew for me personally. How about for you? Did it 
change your opinion of him at all? Did you, did you make him maybe higher on your legacy list or anything? He's already number one. You can't get any higher. I don't think I can put Mike any higher than what he already is. Right. All of that just, and he, he explained it. Like, I want to say it was episode three where he, um, where he broke down about how, you know, competitive he was, how just how much he wanted to win. Everybody goes about, about what they do in a, in a different manner. Like Scotty said, when he, when Mike was gone, he wanted to be who Mike was, but not be who Mike was in a sense. Like he wanted to be the leader, but he, he wasn't as, as harsh. Like Mike was just trying to make sure that everybody, I don't know if it was like mentally or whatever the case, but he just wanted everybody to be on his level because he felt that was the only way teams could win. I don't have an issue with that. Was, was his approach towards some of the stuff kind of harsh? Absolutely. Did he have to punch Steve Kerr? No, he didn't. Would I have whooped him if I was Horace Grant? Absolutely, because I got four <laughs> inches on the dude. But he just he wanted to win, man. Like people people who, who are like fixated with with a certain thing, they'll do anything they can and, and have to do in order to to accomplish that goal. Like I can't put Mike any higher than what he is, man. Nothing nothing changed. Um even with all of this stuff coming out with these sound bites with these podcasts about him and saying how he didn't want Isaiah on the Olympics, that's not a secret. That's it's not a secret. Right. So, I, and you know, Horace Horace Grant being mad, Horace Grant was bitter because of what? Like, I, I don't know, dude. You, you left Chicago, you played in the finals you got all that a couple money, more yeah. times, yeah. And 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 Orlando cashed you out. Like they gave you money that you did not deserve because you were like past your prime and here you want to come 15 20 years later and 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 bash mike just for just for being for, for tough love really so no i don't i don't really i don't really um it hasn't really moved the needle backwards for me as far as mike legacy goes you know he's he's, he's always going to be the the greatest basketball player yeah. ever to me. always like, i just liked how he like you said just to reiterate that Little things like the George Carl thing, kind of walking past him at a restaurant. He's like, "Oh, you're just gonna you completely just disregard that I'm sitting here." Okay, done. You know, I, I like a little things and motivate him. Not that he needed that much motivation. He's the best player on the planet, but still, man, it just showed that he's now, a competitor on another level that you, we just will not see that often. Stuff like that makes me question the the validity of it, though, and especially because and and this is Shaq's fault. Because Shaq, Shaq fabricated a story about David Robinson not giving him an autograph one time. And he said he just used that as motivation to go out there and play hard because he couldn't find anything wrong with David Robinson to make him, like, not even hate him, but just make him dislike him. So he had to make up something. Like, may I, now, how, how, tr- how true is the story about George Carl? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm just taking was, his word for it. Yeah. I had no idea. Watching, yeah. watching, watching the last dance, there was a couple clips where after wins, guys from opposing teams were coming up and speaking to Mike after the game. Like after they eliminated Indiana and, um, and him and Reggie Miller spoke after the game. This is a playoff game, bro. If you knock me out of the playoffs, I don't have shit to say to you. He, uh, the, the game where they blew out Utah, uh, in the finals and Utah only scored like 54 points and Stockton and Malone handshaking and hugging at the end of the game behind the scenes. Nah, I didn't even get to score 60 points against you. I'm not saying nothing to you. <laughs> I'm not saying a thing to you. So, I mean, so stuff like that kind of kind of helps. It kind of makes me question the validity of, like, the, the George Carl story. Right. 
Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I had no idea if it's true or not. I just take him for his word. That being said, you know, Jordan just whatever pushed him to take you out, he did it. You know, whatever it was, yeah. you don't see competitors like that all the time. They're once in a lifetime. Guys like LeBron, they exist. There's not that many of them, man. There's maybe two or three I could think of off the top of my head. True. Maybe Tom Brady, you know, I don't know anybody else. But... Nope. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. That's it? That's it for me. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And Brad Sellers. <laughs> I, gotta, I had to I had to take it back full circle <laughs> the oh, one and only man. I gotta look up his stats when I get off of here I gotta see how good or I'll, bad he was I'll, I'll, I'll tell you real quick about about the demise though of Brad Sellers there's a um, I don't know you remember Norm Van Leer used to work for yeah. uh, used to work for Comcast yeah so Norm Van Norm Van Leer was the last player in the Bulls organization to have any type of uh, any type of success while wearing the number two Oh right. If, you, if, yeah. if, the, if the curse of the number two, if you look back, and I'm gonna go in order as far as I know, Brad Sellers didn't stick around. War number two. Dennis Hobson didn't really stick around. War number two. Eddie Curry, Tabocephalosha, Nate Robinson, Mark Bryant didn't all stick around. Cephalosha. All yeah. war number two. Wow. The curse of the number two. I heard Norm Van Leer say that before a home game. He was in studio one night. Before a home game, because somebody was wearing number two, or Jabari Parker, another one, curse of, curse of the number two. I never heard that, or at least I didn't think about mm-hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brad Sellers. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> you, you ruined it for everybody else. For everybody. <laughs> some of those guys you mentioned, they weren't like, you know, I mean, Tabo was all right. I mean, they had some, you know, some guys there, but, you know, not, they never became the players you thought they were going to be. So. No, and then they just didn't want to pay Nate Robinson, which still pisses me off to this day. Oh, yeah, he. He basically made that playoff series something to watch. It was, they gave Mike Dunleavy his money. Oh, yeah. Oh, they gave geez. his money to Mike Dunleavy. It was Nate Robinson, C.J. Watson played really well in the playoffs that year. Um, Taj played really well in the playoffs. That was the year they, um, I want to say that was the year they lost my, no, the year they ended up having that, that phenomenal series with Brooklyn. Right. That one year. And then it was a year against the Celtics where Nate had lost his mind, too. Yeah, Nate was. Playing, they playing had a good run of, uh, when when Rose got hurt, you know, DJ Augustine, yeah. they had like guards who'd come in and they're pretty good. Small, and you would think they'd pay them. Yeah, small, Aaron Brooks, DJ Augustine, uh-huh. Nate, guys like that. Now they're talking about hiring Tibbs in New York as if that franchise needs any more <laughs> dark clouds. <laughs> sure, have at it. Well, before I let you go, you know I got to let you talk about wrestling if you want to. You don't have to, but uh... <laughs> I can squeeze a little bit of it in there. I'll see why not. Uh, Double or nothing was pretty crazy, you know, and of course I'm over the moon with Asuka getting that belt. Um, I don't really yes. care about Otis, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> those are just some random shit I'm just throwing out there. <laughs> right. I was actually, quick shout out, I was actually talking, I was on the phone with Marky for like an hour and a oh, half. Oh, she loves Otis. Yeah, she does. She does. And she was, she was through the, she's still through the roof about that. But yeah. um, quick uh, r- rumor mill, though. I heard that... Um, they were planning on having Otis cash in on Adam Cole. Good. That means I don't have to watch him. Okay. Yeah. So go to Wednesdays. <laughs> go there with Charlotte. Stay over there because I don't really watch Wednesdays unless Shotzi's on. So go ahead. All right. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I didn't um, I didn't actually get to watch Double or Nothing because I wasn't paying $60. I saw the highlights. Yeah. No, no. I ain't paying for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. And I, I don't know. It, it's shaping up. They're, 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 uh, they're coming along, man. They're coming along. I'm not really understanding why they're talking about building new stars, and then you got guys like I'm not. I'm not upset that like Brody Lee and Matt Hardy are there, but Brian Cage, 
dudes like that. I'm not a real big fan of Brian Cage. Brian Cage is he just reminds me a lot of Lex Luger. Um, yeah, he's just a big muscle guy that exactly know, screams and yells or whatever. Yeah. And got Taz doing his nineteen ninety eight promos <laughs> for him in two thousand twenty. That was hilarious. Okay, Taz, I've never heard this one before, sure. <laughs> yeah, my main gripe at AEW is that their women's division is just it just seems like it's, it's there. It's like they don't thin. seem to care about it. Yeah, there's no, not a lot of talent there. And even thin, the ones they had, they don't use. Right. I haven't seen Kong in a match once. Nah, not at not all. And what happened to Rio? I'm not a big fan of hers, but where did she go? Uh, is she gone? Is she, she quit? I, she may have. She may have got hurt when she dropped the title. Right. Who knows? Considering who she was in there with, she could have very well have gotten hurt dropping the title. I have no idea. It's entertaining. I mean, they always have craziness at the end. There's always going to be like a brawl or something yeah. crazy. So it's definitely right. something to watch. But those brawls are real nostalgic, though. Like last night, yeah, took yeah. Me back to like Mike, oh, like Mike Tyson. Can't take like, his shirt yeah, off. Or even. Right. Oh, that was hilarious. Mike struggled with that shirt so bad. <laughs> Him to be able to throw a punch that fast, you think that shirt would get ripped off a lot faster, but, you know, can't, can't win them all. Ask Buster Douglas. No, no, no. You can win one and then, you know, live off of that <laughs> right. for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> man, well, thanks for coming through here, man. I really appreciate, you know, having you on the show here. Like I said, I was watching The Last Dance. I was trying to think of, like, who can I bother to come on here to talk about this? And uh, (laughs) you know things that I don't know, and then some, and you coached it, so I know that you're the man to talk to. So I definitely wanted to have you on, and I know you appreciate the Bulls, and at least of that era. I know we we don't watch them anymore. I I hardly watch them now, I'll be honest. I I try, though, like, when they played the subjects a few times, I wanted to, you know, try to show support, but it was was hard to watch. Like, it's it's rough when when you've got a whole team out there, and the only person you really want to root for is Zach Levine. So. Yeah, and you know, talking about bad coaches. I mean, you thought Tim Floyd was bad. This guy here is uh, he's yeah, on another level. Boiling. Yeah, I think I might send my resume to Madison Street and see if I can. Uh, <laughs> or get the other Jim Boylan. Wasn't there another guy named Jim Boylan who was a coach? <laughs> it was. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. Some okay. other dude that after Paxton okay. fired a coach, took over, and you know, was an interim guy. Because right. Paxton had like thirty hand. coaches, so you know. some other ham and egg on the side. Tomato can. <laughs> Tomato can, right? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yo, good looking out for coming on here. You know, like myself, you got a little one in the house, so you know the time is of the essence when you get a free chance to do yeah. any kind of. Uh... Oh, but by the way, talk about the podcast, man. You, you and uh, another yeah. guy from the group. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and shout me, that out. Me, me, and my tag team partner Mike Wesley. Um, we're still working out the kinks, but right now we are uh, we are working on the Who Booked This Shit podcast live from Parts Unknown. So when we get everything, when we get the ball rolling, everybody who we, you know, we being me and you, everybody who we know is going to know about it. Um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be more than just pro wrestling. It's going to be useless information about all types of sports. Talking about being a dad because Mike's got four kids himself, you know. So it, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun, man. We're going to be t- touching on a lot of things. I'm pretty sure he's going to be working on some of his stand-up bits cracking me up and all of that man so it should be fun whenever we get the ball rolling we'll, we'll, uh, no without a doubt ball. that's that's kind of the uh, genesis of what i was doing here is like i used to do open mic stuff too and you know i, I ain't doing that no more and right. then you know the kid come in it's like what can i do to scratch that itch i used to work in radio for like 15 mm-hmm. years and like i don't do it anymore so yeah just stay at home easy i'm sitting in the house right now doing this i'm not right you know? exactly. I'm <laughs> so, on the couch just chilling right now right so yeah, good luck to you guys when you get it going. I definitely look forward to hearing it. And uh, appreciate uh, my my goal is my goal is to have at least one member from the group on 
you know, uh, maybe like once a month we'll do it. We'll have one of you guys on and just kind of shoot the shit with us and kind of go over the stuff that we got all mapped out, man. So I think you're the uh, you're the fifth one. Yeah, yeah, because I had Naya on recently. Uh, Dan, yeah, I had Dan, Dan on way back, like when he went to WrestleMania over a yeah. year ago. And yeah, uh, Mario yeah, and Lloyd. Mario and Lloyd been on the show? Yeah, well, I know them personally, so that was easy, you know. Yeah, uh, that yeah, was an easy yeah. book. But uh, The merch. The merch stand crew. There it is. <laughs> I'll probably resurrect that picture too because uh, I'm with it. You know, I got to put I'm the ones. With there's, it. there's another one where the first time Mitchell had a Jordan hat on, so it's very, very fitting that we're talking about Michael Jordan. And the first right. time I met you, I had a right. Jordan hat on. So Dope. there it is. So yo, thanks Dope. again for coming on here, William, man. I appreciate it. Great, and, man. I, hey, it, was, it was my pleasure, my guy. I really appreciate it. You want people to follow you? You could say your uh, Twitter or your Instagram or any of that stuff. It's no, up to you. No, no, no Twitter. Um, you can find me at Southpaw618 on Instagram. Uh, I just uh, recently made my, my account public again so people could find me. I actually got a follow from... Um, I got a follow from Wrestle Bay today, so there I'm it excited is. about that. Um, real big, uh, real big fan of the Indies and the women in the Indies. She's also a good friend of Faye Jackson, who's a good friend of our friend Nia Kennedy. So I'm gonna piece all of that together while they out here in the middle states and New England area. Maybe I can make something happen and right. catch them all on the show. But uh, yeah, South Southpaw six eighteen at at uh, what is it? Yeah, at Instagram, and then um, you know, my, I'm under my real name on Facebook, William Richmond. So if you ever want to reach out, got questions, or you know, my bookings are open. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You know, what I'm saying, just re- reach out. Uh, you know, hit me up about any questions about the podcast or anything like that. I'm always available for definitely back and some combo. Yeah, for sure. And I'll definitely help promote it when you guys get it rolling. And uh, like I said, once again, thanks for coming on. And we'll be talking on the threads, man, about SmackDown, Raw, and everything else because you're one of the guys that always holds it down on there. So, yes. Most definitely. Again, man, thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, yeah. No, appreciate it. The door is always open, man. Always an invitation to my uh, wrestling period people, for sure. Cool, man. Thanks again. Cool, man. Thanks, William. All right. All right. And this is the Queen, Nia Kennedy, and you're listening to Infinite Banter. Once again, thanks to William Richmond and the Wrestling Period family. And, you know, go check us out on Facebook if you want to see a group that really brings it every, every day about wrestling, what's going on, threads about the live shows and pay-per-views. We don't mess around. It's a really good group, and I'm really honored to be part of it. Talking to William, we were talking about Brad Sellers, who wore number two and played like it. I looked up Brad Sellers' stats because I wanted to know, was he as bad as I remember, as William remembered, or is he maybe slightly better than that? Well, he's, yeah, he's not that good. <laughs> he played seven seasons in the NBA, mostly with the Bulls. He averaged 6.3 points a game, 2.7 rebounds, 1.1 assists. Uh, the best thing to know about Brad Sellers, he was traded to the Supersonics for a draft pick. That draft pick became B.J. Armstrong. So that is probably the most relevant thing about Brad Sellers and his Bulls career. So I think I get why uh, William's not much of a fan of his. He really didn't amount to much in the NBA. What up, what up? It's your man Money B from Digital Underground, Raw Fusion, and Money B and Young Hump representing that bay all day. And of course, I cool out and I'm rocking with infinite banter, if you didn't know. Boom. Time for you to leave, assholes. 
All right, Kirk Acevedo said it's time to go, and that is exactly what we'll do. But in case you don't know who Kirk Acevedo is, he's a really good actor, was in shows like Oz and Arrow, Walking Dead, and I did an interview with him back at Walker Stalker Con about a year ago. I really was excited to talk to him. He's always been one of my favorite uh, villains in uh, TV shows and such, but he's definitely a good follow on Twitter. I, I recommend anybody out there go check out Kirk Acevedo at Kirk Acevedo on Twitter. He definitely does not have nice things to say about the moron president, so uh, he's definitely a good follow for that reason. And among other things, he's just really opinionated and I like following him. He's, he's really funny. So check out Kirk Acevedo on Twitter. And if you want to hear that interview, uh, it's episode eight. Go back and check it out. Really fun talking to him about his career and everything he's done in movies and TV shows. All right, that is it. I am out of here. Thanks to William Richmond for coming on the show, talking about the Bulls and the Last Dance. Shout out to Wrestling Period. Everybody on the group there will be talking in the threads and such. Uh, before I go, there's been a few passings, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention them. Uh, Richard Hurd, I'm a big fan of V, and he was an actor on that show. He played Supreme Commander John. A lot of people know him from Seinfeld. He had a bit part in Get Out. A uh, really good actor. He, he died recently. And speaking of The Last Dance, Jerry Sloan, former Chicago Bull. First guy to have his number retired and coach of the Utah Jazz. A lot of tie-ins there. He passed away recently as well, so that was uh, really tough news to uh, read about uh, once The Last Dance ended. He passed away uh, shortly after. It's a really tough week for wrestling, too. Uh, Shad Gaspard from Crying Time, really tragic what happened with him. Uh, Him and his son were swimming, and unfortunately, he didn't make it, and it was just really... uh, a sad story to read about the whole all the news the last couple of weeks has been sad but uh yeah that one was really tough uh, being a wrestling fan it was really really heartbreaking to hear what happened to him and then also the passing of Hana Kimura and I don't really know the details of that one but the possibility that was because of bullying online it's just a, it's a crazy world we're living in really sad uh last but not least a name I did not know a few days ago uh, George Floyd that is a name I will never forget justice for George Floyd I hope to God that something comes of this and we can finally stop seeing what we see almost every day in this country with what happened to George Floyd. All right, that's it for the show. Appreciate everybody for checking it out. Find the show on all digital platforms, Twitter at Infinite Banter, Instagram at Infinite Banter Podcast, Facebook at Infinite Banter, YouTube, type in Infinite Banter, you'll find it there. And you listen to the show on all digital platforms, like I said, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Downcast, Mixcloud, Podbay, Pod Knife, they're all over. So check out the show. I appreciate everybody for listening. And until I do another one of these, I'll see you in the next one. Rest in peace to all that I mentioned. I'm out.